You may be seated for our reading. Our lesson for today is the standard gospel for this week in the church year from Matthew chapter 9 beginning with verse 1. So Jesus got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, Arise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. When I was in seminary, I took a class called Pastoral Theology, which is basically teaching you a lot of the pastoral duties that you do when you care for people, seeing them in the hospital, shut-ins, and things like that. And I remember specifically our professor saying to us that when you make a hospital call on someone, you may go in with a particular idea in your mind and heart about what your devotion and prayer should be about for that person. But make sure you talk to them first. You may find out there's something completely different on their mind than the very issue that you went in to address. And I know that happened to me once with a lady with leukemia that I had found, we had just found out she was diagnosed with leukemia, which at her age was a, a sure death sentence. And I sat and formulated in my mind what the devotion would be. And then I went in the room, and she was happy that she had leukemia because she knows she'd be going to heaven now. But she had a completely different issue on her mind and heart. When I think about that lesson, I, I often apply that to what's happening here in our text. We know from the other Gospels that these friends of this paralyzed man had to lower him through the ceiling because the room was so crowded. And I would imagine that, that his friends, as they were bringing him to Jesus to be healed, that they thought the greatest, most important issue on this man's mind and heart would be his paralysis and healing him from that, which our Lord clearly does in this miraculous event. But it's interesting that Jesus recognizes there's something of greater importance to take care of for this man, and that is dealing with the guilt of his sins. In this account, we see Jesus display so beautifully his omniscience, his ability to know all things and even to read hearts. When the people in the room um, are thinking in themselves that this man blasphemes, Jesus is able to look right down into their hearts and to challenge them on that very thing. We're told, knowing their thoughts. That's kind of an intimidating thing for us, isn't it? That God knows our thoughts, that, that he can look right down inside of me and know what's going on. King David once wrote, The Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts. That's why David said, Day and night to God, day and night your hand was heavy upon me. <clears throat> and earthly public courts may make mistakes. 
We see people released off death row because of DNA results that came back differently. But that's not the way it is in the court of divine justice. In God's divine court, he is able to see and know all truth, and he's able to convict, and he's able to punish perfectly. He also holds the power to release. And Jesus looks into this man's heart now and sees him struggling with his sinfulness, with his guilt. Nobody else in the room was paying attention to that. Nobody else in the room probably even thought about that. But Jesus knew this man's heart. Quite often our sin, too, is hidden, isn't it? We don't display our sin to people. Once in a while they might hear or see us do or say something we shouldn't. But quite often our sin is primarily something that's hidden. And we even work at making sure that it stays hidden. But this man's own personal court inside of his heart had convicted him. And our Lord Jesus is able to look down inside of him and see this, <clears throat> the greatest need that he has. And I always wonder with this paralyzed man, <clears throat> with his body unable to do things, it's sometimes easy for us to think that sin is in the movement and the action of the things we might do, and that's often the case. But Jesus teaches us that sin starts in the heart, and that's where it is. And so even though he may have never acted on certain things, the sin is still in the heart. But Jesus steps up to him and notice that he doesn't rub this man's sin in his face. He doesn't try to talk him out of feeling guilty about his sin. Instead, he directly says to him, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Back in 2011, there was a horrible car crash in Wichita, Kansas, and a man had smashed his car into a big light pole, wrapped the car all up, and they had to use the jaws of life to get him out of the car. And those who were working to do this uh, thought that the man was dead and came to try and pull him out of that car. And luckily, a paramedic happened to be on the scene, just on his day off, driving by, and stopped to help and realized that the man was actually alive, but his neck was twisted in such a way that by turning it, it would allow him to breathe and literally saved the man's life. He realized there was something of greater importance than physically trying to get the man out of the car. When Jesus arrives on the scene here with this man being dropped down in front of him, he realizes that the primary concern for this man is something far greater than his paralysis. And it's his intent to get to that issue first because it is what demands the greatest attention. And we see this pattern throughout different stories in Scripture. Whenever there's a penitent sinner, God feels that the thing that needs to be dealt with fastest and first is that issue. This must be handled right now. Nothing tugs at the heart of a gracious God more than the penitent sinner who needs his grace. And so the divine court handles all spiritual justice through the cross. Jesus, in essence, reaches ahead in time, as he's speaking to this man, reaches ahead in time to Calvary and his own great sacrifice that's coming on the cross with his very body. And he applies the verdict from what his blood will someday accomplish on the cross back to this man when he says to him, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. I've had times when I wish 
I was in the presence physically of Christ to have him tell me that too. Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. There's times when we're struggling with guilt over something particular, even something that we've maybe never even acted on, but it's just in our heads. And imagine having Jesus stand in front of us and to say that. Well, God has given such power to men, even sinful fallen men like me. In fact, he has designed the entire Christian faith around bringing that wonderful same message to you and to me. There's a special hospital up in Minneapolis in Golden Valley <clears throat> that is called Courage Center. And one of our graduates works there. Every once in a while when I'm in the region, I'll stop by and, and say hi to him. And it's very interesting going in there. It's, it's mostly for people, many who deal with paralysis and others who've been in bad accidents and things like that. When you look around the room at all the different uh, medical equipment and apparatus they have to help people recover from things. You can tell that this whole place has been designed about, around people who have all of these ailments and problems. When you look at the Holy Christian Church and the way the Lord has set up uh, what we do in our congregations, he knows that you are wicked and evil and sinful and he knows that you have guilt on your conscience and he knows you're going to die, just like me. And that's why he's designed his entire spiritual heavenly hospital around taking care of sinful, weak, dying people like us. It's all about his grace. It's all about bringing you the medicine of his forgiveness. It's all about the recovery to give you the holy righteousness you and I need to stand before him someday in heaven. Today, if you are quietly wrestling with guilt, even if it's something that you've never acted upon, I want you to hear the words of your Savior. Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Amen. Let us rise and join in the Kyrie.
gospel and have instituted the holy sacraments that through them we may have comfort and forgiveness of sin. We beseech you, grant us your Holy Spirit, that we may believe your word, and through the holy sacraments day by day establish our faith, until we at last obtain salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.